I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. With your hosts, Keith Marty and Cookie for Halloween. This, this airs well after Halloween, but That's it might. true. <laughs> Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo, what could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. It's Halloween for us. Thanksgiving for you. <laughs> Both of them are going to make me fatter. Candy, candy, candy. Corn. Practice Podcast, a weekly podcast all about David E. Kelly's award-winning series. This week, we are up to Season 7, Episode 10, Silent Partners, and we are sponsored by Candy Corn, because yeah, it's Halloween for us. No, we're not sponsored. We are fueled. One of us is fueled by Candy Corn, uh, even though this is, uh, like I said, it's probably going to be Thanksgiving by the time this episode comes out, but for us... It's still October 25th. We're in a time machine. It's this day in the basement, but for real for us. Uh, but we are fueled by more than just candy corn today. Do you? Mm-hmm. I can tell you I am also fueled by pride, by the f- sense of accomplishment and yep. achievement so big, so mm-hmm. large, it can only be commemorated by a medal from our boss, CEO Jen, who has uh, awarded us both medals of achievement for surviving the October 2001 podcast apocalypse while Mike goes out and does schmerzy schmoys online. Please uh, take a look at our well-deserved awards here on the screen uh, that uh, CEO Jen has created uh, for our achievement of recording uh, eight episodes in uh, less than a week. <laughs> yep, I, I can't believe I don't despise you. Uh, I don't. Uh, but I'm, 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 I'm really. I didn't know Jen had done this. She put them on the desk. She made one for each of us. She, she fashioned them with printed paper, some scotch tape, a shoestring. It appears, and a silver dollar inside. So it's kind of cool. It says, "And a I survived the October twenty twenty one Keith and Mike Entertainment Marathon Medal." Yes. Well, uh, you know, I can say I, I I hate you thoroughly at this point, but I'm really good at faking that I like people. You want to know why? Because I'm in the entertainment business. <laughs> That's true. KME, baby. Thanks, CEO, no, Jen. That was uh, uh, yeah. really nice. Yeah, honestly, that, that warmed my heart, uh, warmed the cockles of my dark, dark heart uh, when Mike texted it to me this morning. Uh, that is delightful. I can't wait to add it to my trophy case. Uh, it will hold a place of pride. Along with my uh, my tubby wa- wobble 5K medals. So, uh. <laughs> do you know what's fueling me today, Keith? Mm. Moderna. Yes, yes, it is. Why don't you tell them the tale? Well, you know, uh, as of the airing of this episode, it was only, it's only been a little, couple few weeks for us, a few days 
that they approved the booster for Moderna and Mm -hmm. uh, Johnson & Johnson, mix and match. So basically, if you have a, an occup- in Pennsylvania, if you have an occupational reason to get the booster, which I do, you can go and get it. Now, I hadn't planned on doing it because uh, I didn't think the timing would work out, but I was able to get an appointment. I went and did it. I did that in my flu shot in alternate arms. Yo, let me tell you, uh, though not as bad as the my reaction to the first and second shot, I'm, I'm, I'm not at my peak right, <laughs> right now. I'm freezing. I got the shivers. I thought I was over it, but I'm getting sort of a a second dose of the the shivies, but um, I will take it because I believe in science. Uh, The Moderna shot has, the vaccine has done me well. I have been exposed uh, by some people that are very close to me uh, that have had breakthrough cases, and I have been really, knock on wood, I have not gotten sick. I haven't even gotten a cold in almost two years now, so uh, I'll take this day of a little bit of misery. Now, would it be better if I didn't have to like get on a plane and fly across the country, across the globe in like two days? Yeah, it would be better. I'd get more literally there, across but, the blo- globe. Yeah, yes. But you know what? Whatever. Well, well you know, look, uh, we don't get a lot of uh, awards, uh, but today we are both. We have medals. We're number two hundred and thirty-six in Portugal, <laughs> and we are the most vaccinated podcast you're listening to today. Uh, mm-hmm. I got my Pfizer booster last week. Uh, very excited about it. Um, and uh, yeah, no, that is... Uh, please, uh, go get your shots, get your booster if you haven't already. I'm Listen, sure we that can't, you have. Listen, we can't beat Joe Rogan in the ratings, in money, or in a fight for that matter. Mm. But when it comes to uh, a, a tag team match, us versus COVID and Joe Rogan versus COVID, I feel like we got a shot, Keith. Yeah, no, we are definitely more vaccinated than that moron. Anyway... Uh, I know everybody loves Joe. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> wait, wait, where is it? Here. It's been a while. Out. Yeah. Uh, 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 oh, hold on. It's somewhere. There we go. <laughs> Keith is pompous. It has an axe Although, to grind against Joe Rogan. I, no, I have no axe to grind against Joe, Rax, Joe Rogan whatsoever, except for his wishy washy, weird. Vaccine stance, this is not a time to be wishy-washy and think that you're smarter than everyone else. I should really play Joe as pompous. Uh, get your vaccine. You don't know better. Period. Game over. All right. <laughs> Shots fired already. You know, it's... it's we're at Something the tells me Rogan won't long... respond, Keith. <laughs> we're not getting a, a kickback from I, Rogi. Wait, is, is it possible we're not going to trend on Twitter because of that comment? You don't think he's going to have to res- like change the format of his next episode to respond to it? Oh, God, please, please don't let that happen. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? Well, if Joe Rogan wanted to respond directly, man to man, as opposed to uh, flaming us on his podcast, which gets a tiny bit more Mm -hmm. downloads than we do, how would he do it, Mike? Well, I mean, he'd probably reach out via outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com or dox us and have SWAT people coming into my apartment any minute. It's possible. It's possible. Uh, or he could, you know, get a Facebook account and hit us up at, at Out of Practice Podcast or Instagram for that matter. We've got a oh, lot of yeah. fun stuff. I'm sure he wants to see pics. Uh, keep tagging us. Keep contacting. And uh, you can always uh, speak with us via moderator Phoenix Cage on the YouTube comments. Make sure you subscribe, like, and smash that notification bell so that we can bother you incessantly with the bullshit we put on the internet. And I can't 
wait to respond to your comments in a month when I have no idea the content. what you're referencing about either the show or what we say. So uh, <laughs> it will be fun. Well, we should probably continue forward before uh, my co-host <laughs> literally dies on air. Nothing says comedian like <laughs> like slowly fucking dying on podcast. Well, oh. hey, you know, we finally might actually get some traction online. I was like, let maybe I'll ask you if we can push till tomorrow. And I was like, hell no. No, I'm packing tomorrow. This is happening. No, we got to. We are getting this done. We are too excited to talk about. This so episode pumped. Of the practice. Guys, uh, I'm excited. But before, <laughs> but before we do, we have to hop back into the time machine and talk about December fifteenth, the year two thousand and two. Uh, and if you're keeping track at home, the next episode of the practice will not air until into January. So uh, mm. you have some you have some wiggle room in the basement to talk about the entire rest of the holiday season in a segment we call. This day in the basement. Oh, I hope I don't hard crash again. Okay, hey, everybody. It was the December month. It was my brother's birthday. We always talk about uh, good old Nick, uh, friend of the show. I think we called him on air once, if I'm not mistaken, didn't we? I believe we did. And, you know, he's going to be on our new show once we uh, yeah. put it together. So, you know, speaking of our new show, one of the things I recall is that uh, this was sort of the end of his... the his reign as actually like going full hog in the professional wrestling business. Um, it was at this point where he sort of had to like make a choice. Right. And right. he, at this point had held the WXW cruiserweight championship for like a year plus. Really? Uh, he ended wow. up, he, he ended up dropping the belt here around this time because he just couldn't keep up with some of the, like what was going to, it was going to take to go to the next level. It wasn't sort of, he decided to like, be a little I mean, more the travel schedule life. was brutal yeah especially as an indie guy it's like it wasn't like he was getting tryouts for the big the big stuff yet i mean there was in a few you know it's a kind of a shame because a few years down the road um uh, a few of the like wwe would branch off and have a, a cruiserweight division and, and there was some of his pals and his contemporaries actually moved up for a while and there was a, a push into that side but timing is timing and he uh, stopped around this time so what what i do remember is I'm going to, this, this, the holiday season was always nice because, you know, despite uh, some service with our families, it, it was nice coming back from the city those first few years in New York and having uh, sort of that, ch not chip on your shoulder, but that pride of sort of having survived New York so far and lots sure. of stories to tell and feeling important and, and seeing family. This was nice for me because, you know, it was the last couple of years we had to spend Christmas with my grandpa, my mom's dad. Oh, it was good. Uh, I have pleasant memories i wish they were more specific because i i unlike you do not have access to my emails until like 2004 um oh i and you you never archived them anywhere no in fact i think i went through a huge purge at one point and was like i'm gonna get rid of everything prior to whatever there's there's clearly i clearly why do i same, feel that was about a girl uh i think you're right i'm, I'm pretty in <laughs> fact I'm, I'm certain you're right I, I, it's a regret i have but ultimately somebody's got them <laughs> somewhere in the world when it is time to uh finish you off on the internet somebody yeah. those emails will emerge uh cancel mike will will well, they will come back i'm sure uh, but it was great the holidays uh i wish I, I had not spent a christmas in new york yet I, I came home i think around thanksgiving and stayed till new year's so uh yeah you know i 
we'll come to learn the magic of New York Christmas, which is like a magical, magical thing, but uh, not quite yet. Yeah. Well, I was also uh, up in Vermont with my family and doing lots of, uh, you know, Varney family type stuff, including some of the early incarnations of the IHL, which we uh, called the Idiot Hockey League uh, out on our pond. And you can see me there in the uh, in the red penny and old sweat old sweater, uh, you know, showing off the full range of my skills, occasional hockey abilities, and also occasionally just falling on my ass. So uh, I feel like that really did represent the range of my abilities. And you can see this is the beginning of the Keith slimming process. Ah, I'm a little less the Keithification. The Keithification. Uh, happily, I have recovered from my thinness. Don't uh, my mom yelled at me for fat shaming myself too much. I should stop doing it. But here I am. Well, I've done so by removing you entirely from the picture here. Apparently, that's true. I'm just like shame shamed altogether. Uh, that's all right. So, uh, yeah. So playing on the pond is always a huge part of our holiday seasons, um, and just tremendous fun. I mean, I love playing organized hockey in the rink and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But sometimes just out on the pond in all of the chaos is is just really special and really great. And uh, I cannot I'd ice like skate. I'm sure we've, we've discussed that before, but I, I just am incapable of doing it. Well, I'm sure I'm sure if uh, if we ever got to a point where we could do it consistently, I could teach you how to do it. Like it's mm-hmm. there. There is a, it's an odd learning curve and it's similar to ping pong, which I know that you're you're good at. And mm-hmm. I look forward to our first matchup in uh, Varney Arena, i.e. my garage. Uh, but the, I feel like there's a there's a learning curve to it where it's really difficult at the start because you're mm. having a hard time holding holding yourself up and the balance and you're falling and it just feels precarious and it's exhausting just to sort of stay on your feet. Similarly with like hitting a ping pong ball. Like you can't get the ball to go anywhere and it's just annoying and exhausting because you're chasing the fucking ball all over the world. But there there is a point in the learning curve where you start being able to do stuff by intent mm. and without thinking about it. So just like the first time you realize, oh, I can consistently hit the ball back and decide where I want to put it, there's this sense of like, it, you feel like you're flying a little bit. Like, I can do this amazing thing. And with, with ice skating, it's very much the same. Like mm-hmm. the, minute, the minute you can do what you want to do and you're not thinking about what this foot does and what that foot does, it becomes exhilarating. And uh, in a lot of ways, I feel more comfortable on skates than I do on my feet. Uh, I, and- I will say that my feet, my my family did me a disservice in that uh, they were very uh, safety conscious. Like, I think I mentioned on the podcast, it's a bizarre <laughs> thing to say. I can't. I've never mowed a lawn. My dad would not let us, and mm. so I just never have done it. Uh, we weren't really encouraged to ski or ice skate. They never took us. They never did any of this stuff because it was like too much. We could get hurt, and so. Uh, skiing, I feel like, is in the same line as like ice skating. I, I'm not saying I'm not interested snowboarding, skateboarding, things like that nature. But at some point, you reach an age where you recognize that the the discipline and the consistency that would be required, it's a time and risk evaluation, right? So <laughs> I just don't know. Uh, I just don't know if I'll be. I like to go ski and go watch people play ice. I like winter sports, but I don't know that I will be participating. Well, I. I, I think, you know, and to be fair, let me just preface this by the fact that, how did you put it? Your family was safety conscious? Yes. Uh, Yours was less so. I, I think anybody who knows my family, uh, 
we weren't uh, angry at safety, <laughs> but we, you know, it was uh, th- there was a little bit more uh, of a uh, you know, you fall down, you just rub some dirt in it, kind of a, mm-hmm. an environment. Um, which, uh, for the most part, I actually completely agree with, and and I'm I'm grateful to uh, to have been allowed to uh, take a few knocks and uh, fall down a few times, and then you realize it's not that big of a deal. You know, within reason, within reason. Yeah. Should be, you know, but, uh, uh, but yeah, but I think skating, skating you could do. See, when you move here to New Jersey, I, I we can, can go skate I, on, on the reg. I, I can skate as well as I can roller skate. Roller skating is So I can get around, worse. I can get around the thing. No, I'm like, actually rollerblading is death for me. I hate rollerblading mm-hmm. um, because you have so much less control. It is way more unsafe because stopping is a completely different endeavor. So, uh, mm-hmm. I, I rollerblading, I'm dangerous. I hate rollerblading. It scares the crap out of me because I'm gonna die. Uh, ice skating, whatever. I'll show you. the the last thing. We have to move on because before Mike literally dies on air, which will be fun. But I will point out this last picture here oh. is uh, is of course my good friend and cat with my college girlfriend. That's Toad. When he Dude. was staying with my parents, uh, see, y- you think cats don't like the snow, but they do. They'll hop yeah. around in it for a while, and uh, he he is definitely uh, blasting through the snow. Toad didn't care about anything. He was like, "I don't care. Let's jump in the snow." Keith, speaking of pets, do you want, do we have any announcements yet, or not yet? We're not ready yet. No, no, okay. we're not. We're we're, right. we're not ready yet. Uh, okay. As it, but we're 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 on no a spoilers. journey. Okay. No, spoilers. no spoilers. We're on a journey, but we're not there yet. But I. Can I tell you where we are? We're zooming out to the world. It's time for the Out of Practice Podcasts This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. Back to his multiple home, that's Oops. when it's back we to were the continuing the soul to be lost, losing ourselves. You better lose yeah, this cover is more serious. I like it. Yeah. Uh, 98 local. views. Come on, man. This guy's 98 views. We can, guys, this is way better than 98 views. Here you are. 99. Right now. 99. Do it. Do it. And, of course, uh, we were, I gave it away last week. But uh, the cover of the Williams Free Press talked about the hospital's nuclear secrets. Uh, still don't have that resolved. Still never looked it up. Uh, something's exciting going on in the Vermont hospital. So there you go. Keith, so uh, I have do to you give know? It yes, please. Usually we got to talk about the top movie in the country. We do. We do. And uh, I can't believe it, but in in synergy with our other podcast. Star Trek Nemesis burning up the bo- wait a second wait this just in mm-hmm. Star Trek Nemesis was the second grossing movie at the bod at the pod at the oh my god at the box office that week <laughs> Keith what could possibly overtake Star Trek Nemesis uh... with Picard with 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 the data Brent Spiner the, the bad guys the side Tom, Hardy. Tom, uh, Tom Hardy. Hardy what could possibly Folks, the number one movie in the country, I, I spoiled it about 30 seconds ago when I put the picture up by accident, <laughs> made in Manhattan. You know Ray Fiennes and Jennifer Lopez were like, sci-fi? How about a shitty rom-com? And that's what the top movie in the country was. 
you know, Nemesis gets a lot of heat. It's sort of blamed for having destroyed the uh, the movie franchise of Star Trek. I don't think it's that bad. Yes, there are some pretty uh, questionable moments in it, uh, and it really could have used, you know, a more of a story. But it has one of the like most awesome battles. Uh, ever in Star Trek movie history at the end of it. So it's it's got a lot there to like. I think it would have been better had they included the deleted scenes because all mm. of the character work um, and uh, sort of fan service, of, you know, just learning anything about these people as opposed to just pew pew, mm. uh, a lot of it ended up in the deleted scenes, which when reintegrated back into the movie feels more like a real movie as opposed to like a little video game. So there you go. Uh, there's, there's my take on Nemesis, unprompted, out of nowhere. There it is. It's, it's always, I'm ready to go, ready to go at all times. Mm, and you want to know it. what else I'm ready to go at all times with? Everyone's favorite segment. It's time. It's time. It's time, it's time for sports. sports. In a game I remember fondly, the Giants wiped the Colts off the map 44 to 27 in the RCA Dome. Gary Collins completed 23 of 29 for 366 yards and four touchdowns, including 204 to Amani Toomer and 116 to Jeremy Shockey. Meanwhile, the Eagles stomped the pitiful Cowboys 23 to 7 despite a start from AJ Feely at quarterback. I really blew it here. You really, there is a lot happening on the screen. No wonder your your computer blue screened right before yeah. uh, we were going to crash any minute now, too. So let's go ahead and hit that button to the next thing. <laughs> I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. And I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time to talk about the damn episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, of course, I'm sitting here wondering, now, how can I torture Mike in his in his sick oblivion? What is the way that I can find a, like, really just, like, poke on the weak spots? Because I'm a dick. <laughs> I'm looking forward I to watching that. some TV. It's all I want to do right now anyway. So this is actually could turn out nice if we could just yeah, get the enough. podcast part. Well, while we're doing it, uh, we are, of course, going to watch The Practice Season 7, Episode 10, Silent Partners. And it is directed by Dennis Smith, who last directed Neighboring Species, and written not by David E. Kelly, but by Lucas Reiter, who last wrote Man and Superman. And it leaves us with only one sexy, sharp-jumping observation from Mr. Indeglio. Sharp-jumping? Sharp feet. Shark what is that supposed to be? What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? Be careful, I look sharp. What? What? What does Mike think's gonna happen? Yeah, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? What would have happened? You know, Keith, if we ever get to the review channel, we're gonna have to talk about this camera because your previous camera never dropped frames like this one does. This doesn't drop frames. I think it's probably the internet. Mm, Am I, I dropping I frames? Yeah. I shouldn't be. Anyway, uh, we can diagnose that another time. I don't think frame here or there is really bothering anybody. Uh, listen, folks, Silent Partners, a couple of things. Uh, I had to watch the previously on, which was all about re-showing us uh, Jamie Stringer's case from last week where she uh, defended the Fourth Amendment rights of... Uh, 
automobilists in Massachusetts, in greater Massachusetts. Uh, so uh, she's probably in this episode, which is nice. Uh, and Silent Partners tells me, I think that we are going to get two, count them, one, two, buddy cop cases. All right. Ooh. So I'm thinking we're going to go, speaking of sexy, we're going Lindsay and Jamie tag teaming a case. And it's sexy as hell, Keith. Not because they're sexy women. No, 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 no. Because they're competent. All right. Unfortunately, the case is not. It's a case about roadkill. Uh, as you see here, a beaver has been killed on the road and uh, some crazy shenanigans in what's supposed to be funny but turns out to be just weird of a case is in that case. That is the comic B case. In the A case, we get, since Bobby is on a, a challenging or a, a well-earned vacay, we get Jimmy and Eleanor in a, in a charged case of a, a flip of the script, a murdered wife here. Her wife has been murdered. And we are defending a husband accused of killing her, even though we find out some super twist about how she he couldn't have done it because uh, a secret guest star shows up. And that guest star is, Keith, mm. Jean Larroquette. Wow. All right. So what would be the male equivalent of a black widow, you think? A brown recluse? Also, Spider, I was just going to go with white male. Oh, yeah. Me? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's weird. Why did I even say that? Whoa. Sorry, but, whoa. sorry babe. Sorry, Jen. She sorry, made you a medal. You she began did. your day with a medal of achievement of the lowest form of achievement c continuing to talk. Keith, while she was doing the crafts last night, mm -hmm. uh, I, I didn't understand why she kept looking for like string and stuff. I was like, why do you need string? And she already had string, so it tells me, because your medal doesn't have string yet, it tells me that she wanted yours to be feature complete, even though God knows when we're going to get this to you. So uh, No, it's going to come. We're, uh, we're going to come, and you're going to play some ping pong. Great. And, uh, you know... We're gonna we're gonna have some we're gonna have some fun some fall fun. Actually, Keith, you know I, I was gonna ask uh, on the fourteenth. I'm uh, driving back from Newark with Jen, and that's my birthday. So I don't know if you guys maybe were up for maybe like a, a meal or something, a order or something. We had to drive past your house basically. Oh yeah, we could probably do that. Yeah, a little so birthday. You know what else yeah. we're gonna talk about, Keith? What's that? We're gonna talk about a little television show. Oh called The Practice, uh, Silent Partners, and we're going to do it right here, right now, and then we're going to come back to my shivering ass on the YouTubes for the after show show. Yeah, we're going to be loud partners. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, The Practice, Season 7, Episode 10, Silent Partners. That was, you went for it. Give me, give me an opportunity. You're telling me this Give now? me a stage. Normally, we like to present a right, united front. So it's Eleanor front. and Eugene. But so Eleanor feels strongly that we should plead, and... Why? Basically, the media. On the evidence alone, I think our chances are okay. But the press is killing you. You're already guilty in the public's eye. Jurors are instructed to disregard what they see and hear. Of course they are, but... These images have been on every broadcast Every night, look All right, at the pictures. Before we deal with the image, because I have some thoughts about Steven. that, let's do... Who's that? Yeah, it... Who's that? From 
guy who clearly has no idea how people uh, ingest media. Uh, he does not, but he does have an idea how to perform on the practice. Because, folks, this is Robin Thomas. And uh, I know everyone out there in the internet world is like, what? Rob Thomas? I know that guy. He's so it's smooth. Robin. He's so smooth. But he is also smoothly returning as his third character. He was Harry Duvall in The Deal and Robert Adler in Reasonable Doubts. And here he is getting his well-deserved bumper. We're not supposed to notice that you've been on the show before. But after a Super Bowl guest star, you've come charging back for more. So welcome back to the practice. We'll pretend that we don't recognize that you were here before in season four. And you massachute the scenery. First you were a judge who was a now you are a teacher who's a bit of a dick In silence of the lands you were a bit of a dick In real life I'm sure that you're a really nice guy Welcome back to the practice tonight There he is, welcome Robin Thomas Three-timer, folks The extent that you're in denial I think you do I want you to really look. I want you to want me. Ooh, he sh she's showing him graphic photos that... For the past oh, week... nope, we see him. ...leading every broadcast. So... I'm getting a very bad feeling. You know what they love to do, Keith? They mm. love to basically tell every one of their clients recently, at least in this season, we don't believe you. You did it, you son of a bitch. You, you're so fucked. Every you know, episode, man. Yeah, and also like, so this this is a thing that I'm gonna have a question about. What you saw the graphic photo? What mm -hmm. age would you put that person, the murdered, dirted person? She could have been anywhere from thirteen to twenty years old. Okay, see, to me, it looked like a child. It uh, looked it looked very young, and I was like, this should not be on television. There's no reason for this. He's, but he, I thought he was accused of killing his wife. Oh, wait, that was my idea. <laughs> I was like, so you're assuming that he, ma he married a child bride? But okay, well, we don't know, right? Maybe, maybe it was a young girl he murdered. We don't know. But that, I was, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, dude, no, you should not be putting this on television. But then I'm going to have questions later. That no said, spoilers. that said, and I don't mean this in any creepy way, I swear to God. Once I passed 25, especially once I passed 30, I have no and by no, I mean zero, less than zero ability to tell the age of anybody. I don't, I don't know. Kids, yeah, kids are maturing. Some kids are. Who, who knows? That's why it's a scary world out there. No comment. No, it's but true, I, man. I, my nieces are like my nieces range from seven years old, six years old, all the way up to like twenty-one, and it's it's nutty how how sort of fa how much faster they mature than dudes I, I mean as a kid i recognized it but as an adult i've really recognized it it's and it's it sucks for those in a society where we don't do a great job protecting them no well that is for damn sure
But you think we can win this? The case is circumstantial. On the evidence, I think we have a shot. Then I'm going with you. No plea. Always waiting for the drum fill. All right, so we have uh, we have a guy. He murdered somebody, and uh, half of us thinks he's has no chance. The other half's like, let's go for it. We continue so, right. our streak, our string of uh, not uh, lighthearted entertainment Keith. This has been a very grim season. I mean, it's it, look, it's always like you know people being murdered and decapitated and such, but sometimes the decapitations are hilarious. This has been a little bit darker this whole season. I'm curious, though, because, like I said, the whole previously on was about Jamie's case last week. The entire thing. That's all they recapped. And at least in that pre-bumper pitch, no Jamie. So I'm, now it's got to be her and Lindsay, right? That's all you got to know. Kathy and I met freshman year. She lived court. on my hall in one of the dorms. After that, we got an apartment off campus. She was my best friend for four years. Amy. Why did you go see Dr. Barrett? Well, we both decided to get breast implants as kind of a graduation present. We talked to a bunch of different doctors, but Kathy and Stephen had this connection. They were a couple. Oh, yes. Even though he was married. At first, it was just for the surgery. What do you want to do this but weekend? Kathy you want to go to the movies? About older guys. I don't know. I was thinking, like, How often did you jobs? see them together? Yeah, All together. the time. They went out at least a few nights a week. She was on. always talking about the <laughs> restaurants they went to or how great it was Apparently at his house on he the got Cape. a group on. She said they were in love. Did you ever see them fight? I saw them argue. All right, I've come around to it. A lot. All right, all right. And the last time was a few nights before she was killed. Could you hear what they were fighting about? <laughs> the same thing they always did. Kathy wanted Stephen to get a divorce. I didn't hear everything, but it was bad. She slapped him. And she told him to get the hell out. Get the hell out of here. Two days later. Thank you for the flashback scene from Mike. Oh, hold on. Much less graphic for sure. Much less graphic. This is now your task for this episode. I will be giving you the opportunity to do flashback (laughs) scenes when appropriate. (laughs) While we are stopped, let us introduce this artificially endowed witness. Oh, I guess I already just said. Girl who participated in a boober twofer? Wow. All right. I need you to do a flashback of your brain deciding on that joke. <laughs> well, I got to rhyme something with, with twofer or a bogo. What about boober? Boober twofer. Yeah, that, that's Gantz. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say that? Can I say that? Should I say that? Hmm. No and no. All right. I'll say it. That is the most accurate depiction of your brain I have ever heard. <laughs> All right. This witness is played by Tanya, Tanya Meme, Memi, Tanya Memi. I wrote Nailed it down. It. I, I couldn't, I couldn't say Tanya or Memi. Uh, from the terror inside, she is now uh, the host of A&E's Sell This House, hmm. which she has uh, done like 200 some on episodes. But uh, but guess what? Not just that. She was reporter number two in M Premi Unplugged. We are not supposed to notice that you've been on the show before. 
you were an actor, then you got a lead role, then you went and sold a house that was a hole. You flipped it and put it on TV. You have done that to the press hall. Oh no, you're an extrovert. I feel that hat. I never heard my client threaten Miss Vance. No. You never saw him hit her or be violent with her in any way? No. And when you saw Miss Vance slap Dr. Barrett, how did he respond to that? He didn't. He didn't lose his temper? He didn't hit her back? No, he just turned around and walked out. Could you tell us how you heard that Miss Vance had been killed? I got a phone call from Stephen the day she was found. And how did he sound when you talked to him? He was crying. In your opinion, <laughs> he was devastated. Isn't that what you told the police? Yes. Okay, we got a Lindsay. Mike's almost right. Do I see a Jamie? Oh, she's going into, going into high security lockdown here. Sounds like she's going to get a criminal case. Oh, this whole thing about civil law, but. Thank you so much for coming. Well, you left me six messages. You are such a beautiful woman. Oh, boy. The newspapers make you look fatter. Mr. Oh, Deeks. I really needed Thanks. to see you. You're the only lawyer Mr. who Mr. Deeks, I need to stop you. I read your indictment in the court file. No. I'm sorry. I'm not taking any criminal cases anymore, especially murder cases. Well, then why'd you show up? There are many other lawyers. Not like you. Why am I different? Because you, you take cases that, that you know you shouldn't take. You can understand what it feels like. And it's in part because I'm still trying to deal with... I killed somebody. I took a life. I need someone who understands. Why? Because... Sometimes you need someone who understands. I should uh, take I this know opportunity to introduce this fellow, uh, but because I'm sick of the bumper, I'm just going to hit this bumper here called Mike Promo. I don't remember what it was or oh, what it Jesus. means, but we're just going to find out. This whole podcast, Keith, because from the very inception, I thought my role was going to be taking the piss out of everything because you're the super fan and I'd never watched it and I'd just be taking the piss out of the practice. All Sounds time. so young. I am so into this show. <laughs> Everybody's binging Tiger King, and I'm just like, I can't wait for the next practice episode. I mean, ask Keith. You know, we try to do this once a week, but I'm like, hey, you want to try to do six this week? <laughs> oh, well, well, well. Oh Tiger King's getting a sequel, and we did six this week. I literally did not know what that was going to be, mm. and that could not have been more perfect. All uh, right, well, that's so a perfect segue to who's this guy? Who's this guy? It's John Bader as Stanley Deeks who you would know from dating in the Middle Ages, The Tempest, in The Lost One. Something wrong with me. Something that just told me to do it. I know it's not the same as what you did, but if anyone could understand, look, I don't want to go to jail for the rest of my life. Say, if I could get into a hospital, you killed somebody. That's true, it's I very don't specific. have much money. You search on Amazon. But I'll pay you everything I have. Uh, she tugged at her heartstrings. Hi. You wanted to see there me? There she is. Yes, I did. 
And Alan Dale I meant to grab is back as the hearing. judge from Jamie's previous case. I wanted you to know that after a rather shaky start, I thought that you uh, argued a persuasive motion. Please don't Thank let you. him come on to her for real this time, Keith, or I'm this walking out. This was my first real victory, so I'm feeling excellent. Are you yeah. coming on to me? A difficult issue. One on which I could have gone either way. Most judges, I might... Do you go either way? Dad probably would have gone the other way. Oh, well, I'm glad for my side that... You got me. Oh, uh, <laughs> hold on. I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, they're going to do it, Keith. They're, they're, they're referring to uh, a previous... A, a moment where she hit on him in court. Uh, Mike, could you just, just give us a quick flashback of that so we remember what happened? Mm, did you go to law school? <laughs> yeah, I did. I also, like, wear a short skirt because, like, I'm learning. Are you coming on to me? No, no, I'd never do that because that would be a very bad idea for you. Flash forward. Now this mother is going to come on to her and do the most David E. Kelly, David E. Kelly of all David E. Kellys. Thank you. Thank you. I thought perhaps I might like to grab some lunch. Oh, Jesus. Um, wouldn't that be, like, uh, incredibly improper? The case is over. Yeah. I take great pride in mentoring young lawyers. It's not something that's done often enough in the legal community. Well... I can't order you. That would be an abuse of my discretion, so let's just call it a request. Would this be a bad time to tell a judge you'll probably stand in front of again that it was a it was a bad trip? The defendant himself notified yeah, us that the victim was missing. Hey, this guy. Upon Art locating LaFleur, your car right, not far from Baldwin. his office, we conducted an area Mitchell, search. Back as Detective, the could you tell us what you found? In a wooded area behind the building, we located the body of the victim. Identified as? Catherine Vance. She had multiple stab wounds around her chest and defensive cuts on both of her hands. The body was naked. So we requested a rape kit be sent to the lab. Do you know the result of those tests? It was positive for semen inside the victim. The sample was a genetic match to the defendant. Uh, My client told you he was involved with Catherine Vance? Yes. That they were having sexual relations? Yes. So she could have been killed by some stranger after having sex with my client. Is that possible, Detective? Anything is possible. That doesn't mean that- Thank you. Did you find the murder weapon? No, the knife was never recovered. And what about the victim's blood? Could you connect it with my client? No. So you searched his office, his house, his car, his clothes. Did you find any trace of the victim's blood? No. Does it make sense to you, detective, that he would be so meticulous about the blood and physical evidence only to dump the body right behind his own office building? Murders don't typically make sense. He called the police. He led you to her car. He gave you a sample of his own DNA. All true? Yes. You understand I confessed? I do, but you only confessed after they discovered the body in the trunk. If we can suppress the search, the confession oh, goes out body too. In her, in that trunk. would give us some leverage no to make a deal, which we would need to get you in a hospital. <clears throat> Are you with me? You can undo my confession? Maybe. But I'm willing to confess, if that is what- I understand. But the problem with that is we would be left with no bargaining power. Can you appreciate that? Yes, I, I just don't want to go to a prison. Anything to keep me out of prison. I understand. Now, you answer only what I ask you, nothing more, because- I strangled her. Okay, that is the not what Stanley, we're talking about. <laughs> I know you're ill. 
And I know you want to get better. Carol. I'm sorry? Her name was Carol. She worked in my building. She was very nice to me. I was a security guard and I killed her. Listen to me. I will never succeed in keeping you out of prison if you don't do as I say. Do not be telling anybody else you strangled this girl. Are we clear? Okay. Mm, that was convincing. Uh, I don't think it was. <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna spill those murder beans. Oh yeah. You're the DA on this? Perfect, isn't it? Hey, <laughs> I graduated to the rubber room after trying to put you away. One month on the happy farm, I'm back, only to find myself up against... Boom! <laughs> uh, that's what I call you. I used to give my defendants a one-word moniker. It's how I kept track. My, my name for you was Boom. Since you were a shooter. I see. Listen. Now I call I you Techie. Since you got off on a technique. We've made Swakheim a serious character now. So I was thinking, why don't we bring back, in, you know, the, the DA who we sent off with mental issues. Uh -huh. And let's bring him back and just make him like a funny guy. What do you think? Oh, you mean with like broad, ridiculous tics he's never displayed before that aren't yeah. realistic in any way, shape or form? Yeah, let's give him the old Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, Cal. great, great, great. Uh, w which do you like better, Boom or Techie? Courtroom. I see a fan. Lindsay. I'm, I'm sort of half kidding. I'm oh, trying to make light of my situation for because I'm so deeply embarrassed over. Uh... Listen. Right, it's a bit of a bye -bye. I'm not going to give you a hug. You will be found. But I'll try to be fair. Zing. More importantly. A noble officer of the court. Keith, real quick, do a Google search. See if Hallmark does a sorry I tried to put you away for the rest of your life and take you away from your child's upbringing card. Oh, yeah, on multiple occasions. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Walsh, why would they put one of their top people on this? Stanley, this is a murder case. You strangled somebody. Look. I thought we weren't talking about that, Lynn. I'll confess. Don't start that again. He is gonna go for prison. Calm down. What if I can give them other information? I can trade in exchange for getting in a hospital instead of jail. What other information? We found ourselves I did a serial other things. killer. That they don't Have know about. Have we done that before? That's exciting. I don't want to know about it either. It's fresh. Look, let's tackle the suppression hearing and then go from there. Okay? Carol. What? Oh, Jesus. He's just saying her. Yo, you know what he's doing here? The Durst. <laughs> he is. He's, he's doing the Durst, which is the world's saddest dance. Yeah, it is. But it does, it does net you uh, jail eventually when you're old and feeble. Okay, so 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 Mike, uh, mm -hmm. it's it's gonna be hard for us to remember, but when we get to best guest actor, we're mm -hmm. both gonna have to do our best approximations of the latest dance craze, doing the Durst. Okay, doing the Durst. Oh, Her never name was Carol. Now, Keith, can we be pissing at a urinal while we just confess to murder? Is that the Durst? I forget. I forget the moves. So, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't deny having the affair. 
Doctor, did you see Kathy Van- So Keith, now to your point, I will say, they sh- probably, unless they wanted to indicate that she was a very young girl, which- right. If that is the case, then it's criminally underbrought up by Eugene. Like that would be the whole crux of the thing, right? It's like well, all yes, you clear, he, when he's admitting to sleep with her, and they're like, "Oh, she was 14. But they didn't do that. So the assumption is she's supposed to be. We're supposed to believe she's older. Well, she's which supposed case, to be the same age as that other as as the witness that it was a graduation present, which either high school or college. It looks probably college. Yeah, I mean, I suppose uh, we didn't do a good job of set dressing that or the prop master there. That's the night she was killed. Yes, she stopped by the office. That's where we would often meet. I work there at night when the staff is gone. Props, can I say just for true crime, Keith and I, I don't want to wade into this um, absolute tragedy that took place this past week on the set of Rust with uh, Alec Baldwin. But I do want to say, and this is not in anyone's defense, I just do want to say, because I have worked with Keith, your brother-in-law, we've all worked kind of on sets with firearms, uh, practical or otherwise, you, you, as an actor, whether it's a, a firearm or any other prop, there's like, there's basically one rule. You don't fuck with it. You don't check it. You make sure it's where it's supposed to be, but you don't like, everybody's like open the, make sure there's no rounds and check it, spin it, do all the safety. No, 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 because that is unsafe. Oh, no. Let, no. let the people do their work. I've just so seen Alex a lot of like dialogue about putting, uh, holding Alec responsible. Alec's not responsible for this in any way, shape, or form. Right, but I think he's unfortunately drawing juxtapositions to his gun safety. My point is that you can't. It's, I hate to come so strong down on one side, but like, it's there's a difference between I a gun. Joe Rogan a moron. I mean, I think yeah, that's fine. true. There's a difference between a gun and a prop. Now, I'm all for team. Why are we doing this? Why aren't we doing all of these flashes in post? Right, like I'm all on that team. Let's. Oh, this absolutely. Is, but my point is that. If you're not in the business, right? Like, I oh, forget it. Let's just—I'm going to broaden my strokes. Stop, people. I know Twitter makes this impossible, but just stop talking about shit that you don't have any—you have zero context and/or experience in. It's just infuriating. Back to the show I don't watch. And can you tell us what happened that particular night? She came by a little after nine, uh, hung around while I finished some work. After that, we opened up a bottle of wine. You know what that we means? We love. In the office. Yes. And after? She left. She said she had a party to go to. I walked her to the door. We said goodbye, and that was the last time that I saw saw her. her. When did you realize something was wrong? Later that night when I left to go home, I saw her car was still in the parking lot. I knew that it, it didn't make any sense, but I thought perhaps she got a ride from a friend, so it it didn't really bother me. Next day her car was still there. And what did you do? Now I got concerned. I called her roommate, Amy Wyatt. She told me that Kathy hadn't been home all night. Pretty good witness. I hung up the phone. I immediately called the police. Well, it's his third time on the practice. They found her later that day. Dr. Barrett, did you kill Kathy Vance? Stole her off the Baltic. No. There she is. I cared about Kathy very much. She's sparkling clean. I've done everything in my power to help the police. (laughs) I swear, I, I one Renault to town motor carriage Titanic. I wish to God that I did. Oh, that was my line. I forgot. Oh, she's got pills. You recognize this bottle, Doctor? It's Helen Gamble. Looks like a prescription bottle for painkillers. A prescription for you wrote for Catherine Vance, correct? Yes, Kathy was still experiencing some discomfort. Pain medication was an appropriate treatment. 
Well, according to her autopsy results, she wasn't taking any pain medication. In fact, there were no medications found in her system. I don't know why that would be. Doctor, this bottle is half empty. It was found in your desk, in your office. She must have left them there. Well, I'm sure she did because you were the one who was taking the pills. That's absolutely false. Man. I have here seven prescriptions written by you, all in the name of Catherine Vance. That Eugene and Eleanor clearly locations. have never seen before. All and they're in the giving last us a really months. good poker face. There's, they're definitely not showing the jury Why they so have many no idea about doctor? this. We also ran some new tests on your blood sample. So, Keith, I would like, well, I'm going to have to do some, uh, someone's got to do some research because I do need to know what the real rules around discovery are. I mean, I know I've read some Googles, but I mean, if you can't have surprise, uh, these surprise gotcha things, doesn't that render like Matlock and those types of shows, Murder, She Wrote, like totally, it, they don't they lose all their good scenes. Well, you can have a surprise information or a surprise argument. You, it's only if it's a like an exhibit, if it's evidence. Yeah, she was. She's putting this two was prescriptions evidence. into evidence. Yeah, yeah. Well, unless she's not, she's Would like, I'm not going to amend your them, answer now, doctor. Either I have them. Man, oh, Eugene Miller, okay. dumbfounded. Look, I have a problem. Oh yeah. Very subtle. She guys. was getting the pills for me. That's direction. But you're talking about oh, my 100%. addiction. Directed to have that the worst poker face of Steve, all. Steve, could you roll your eyes real hard? Could you throw your hands up? Maybe throw a pencil across the room? Could you yelp? Why didn't you tell us, Stephen? Sorry. I was trying to protect myself. I know how it would look. Now I'm with Eleanor. We need to think about taking a plea. A plea? Of what? Murder too. No one ever wants to take I, a I plea. I didn't kill anyone. But it looks very much like it you did. It makes for a really boring TV. You were last seen with her. Your semen was found in her. And she was in the woods behind your office. Someone killed her. After she left the office. Stephen, we put you up there so you would look like a responsible doctor. The kind of person incapable of committing a crime. You came off that stand a drug-addicted liar. Well, that's, that's, that's I agree harsh. with Eugene. We at least have to think about a plea. I didn't kill her, Eleanor. That's the truth. I'm not going to plead to second-degree murder. Good performance here by uh, yes. Robin Thomas. Robin Thomas. Because it's just like What do you mean you had lunch with I just... The judge who just handled your motion? Yes. He asked me yesterday. I felt I better not refuse. You better not refuse? Well, he said it was a request. But he said it in a way like there would be repercussions. So you went to lunch? Yes. And what happened? Nothing. We had lunch. Uh, talked about the law. It seemed pretty innocent. And then it was over. 
And then he asked me out for a drink. And what did you say? I said I couldn't. I had work, and... Maybe tomorrow. Would you like me to go to him? No. God. No. Well, this is a treacherous thing. The last thing a young attorney needs. I'll call it off. And it's your fault. You want me to go with you? No. A hundred percent, Jimmy's fault. I will tell him no. But I do like the fact that he's trying yes. to, like... Yes, yes, yes. I saw a vehicle stopped on the side of the road. At first, I thought it was a police car because of the lights on the roof and the way it was painted. Did you see anyone near the vehicle? The defendant. He was in what looked like a policeman's uniform and was standing at the rear of the car. The trunk was open and he had a hey. flashlight, so I assumed he was trying to Linda change Hunt. a flat tire. It is what did you Hunt. do? I pulled over myself to see if I could help. That's when I realized he wasn't one of us. He was a security guard for a private company. And what happened after you saw him, officer? Well, the minute he saw me, he slammed the trunk like he didn't want me to see inside. So naturally, I got suspicious. I asked him what's going on. He told me he was just having a cigarette. Company wouldn't allow him to smoke in the car. Only I didn't see any cigarettes. He was acting in a furtive and suspicious manner. Objection. Sustain. Were you afraid he might go for a weapon? Objection. Mr. Walsh. I tried to follow up with a few more questions. Where he worked, what shift he was on, only he wouldn't say anything. He just stood there. And then he tried to leave. Did you let him go? No. I could tell something was wrong, so I asked him to open up the trunk, and he did. And what was in the trunk? I found a woman, a body. It was lying on its side in a curled-up position. There were bruises all around the neck, the apparent victim of strangulation. It was later I learned it was Carol Dalton. This officer is Michael Medico. You asked him <clears throat> to open the trunk? Easy for me to or say. Told Michael him to. Medico. It was a request. Where was your weapon? It was drawn. So it was a request while you were pointing a gun at him? Yes. You didn't know there was a body in the trunk, did you? Not before you opened it, no. Didn't see blood on the car or the defendant's clothes? No. What about sounds from inside? Did you hear screaming or cries for help? Obviously not. She was dead. So as I understand your testimony, if he had had cigarettes, you wouldn't have searched his trunk. That's not what I said. I testified he was acting suspiciously. Because he didn't have cigarettes and was evasive about where he worked. He wouldn't answer any of my questions. So you searched his trunk because he chose not to talk. Your client had a dead case. woman in the trunk of his car. Bottom line, I was right. Is it your testimony when you asked him to open the trunk, you suspected he had a dead woman inside? I knew he had something. You knew he had something. Not doing himself Just any not favors. cigarettes. Now what? We'll make summations to the judge. If we win, like I said, we're in a position... What if we lose? Then we'll either plead or go to trial. So maybe I have better negotiation power now. Maybe we can make a deal now. Stanley, they're not willing to deal now. And even if they were, you have good Fourth Amendment issues here. My advice would be to play this hearing out. Okay. Commonwealth has one rebuttal witness, like Your Honor. Well. We call Margot Barrett. Objection. Margot Barrett enjoys spousal privilege. And Mrs. Barrett has the right to exercise it, not Mr. Young's or his clients. Margot Barrett is willing to testify. She can't testify about private conversations. That's not why we're calling her. Approach. 
Never good when your wife wants to testify against you. This is definitely unfair surprise. She's on the witness list. Ours, not yours. Point is, you're prepared for her. No, we are not. Have you interviewed this woman? Yes. Then what's the problem? The problem is unfair surprise. And I'm only calling her to impeach. All right, look. We'll suspend for the day so defense can get ready. Tomorrow we'll start with Mrs. Barrett. Start. start. Now step back. Start the car. Parked and hot. We're adjourned. Down. What the hell is she going to say? I have no idea. I hope he killed a beaver, because otherwise, uh, you... that Easter egg is elusive. Your Honor, we can all guess that my client likely murdered a beautiful young woman, and he went to that park to dispose of her body. That's but never like the it right or not, way to start a that closing. has nothing to do with this hearing. Officer Hope saw my client standing by his car. He didn't see any blood, didn't hear any screams, nothing to justify searching the vehicle. Slamming a trunk isn't probable cause. Refusing to talk isn't probable cause. Acting nervous isn't probable cause. I know it offends our sense of justice to free a man who has perhaps committed murder. But the courts have said it offends us more to let the police get away with unreasonable searches. This is Criminal Procedure 101. This search was nothing but reasonable. It was late at night in a deserted park. There was no reason for the defendant to be there, and the reason he gave was clearly a lie. Imagine being there that night. Imagine seeing him race to that trunk, slam it down, then refuse to answer the most basic questions. The nervous voice, the lack of eye contact, the fact that he tried to flee the scene. The defendant was acting like a criminal, someone in the process of committing a crime. Officer Hope so had probable cause to believe a crime suspicion. was occurring and the evidence was inside that trunk. Like being shifty is not against the law. He was right. Lot. Nor does it waive your 50 And that may not decide rest. the question. But it your certainly tells Amendment? you he was reading 54th. the signs. Yeah, exactly. Miss Dole wants to talk about offending justice. She's asking you to set a murderer free. That's also happened. Your husband testified that when he went home the night of Catherine Vance's death, he wasn't bothered. Mrs. Barrett... Did he seem unbothered to you? No. Before she gets he too far into it. White testifying against her husband for reasons we don't know, and that's not a good sign. I feel like she looks familiar. Are we gonna run it back? Oh shit! It is Jacqueline Schultz who played Shirley Yellen in Trees in the Forest. Oh my God! Nothing random, but bumpers. Random. Random oh, random. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Massachusetts. In Massachusetts. 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 The Massachusetts. 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 And he seemed agitated. Agitated. Yes. And he had just taken a shower before coming home, which I felt was very odd. Did you ask him what was wrong? Yes, he said nothing. But... But what? From my perspective, it seems something traumatic had happened. Mrs. Barrett, 
Do you think your husband killed... Objection! Sustained. I have nothing further. Did you call the police with any of your suspicions? No. He's my husband. Oh, I was he's your husband be... now. You said he took a shower. Well, Is it your testimony that he never team. showered at work before coming home? No. B. Is it your testimony that he never came home from work upset? No, but here it was. Is it your testimony that he asked that the witness be allowed to respond? She answered my question. Can you describe for this court your marriage, Mrs. Barrett? It's Rocky. Rocky? You've talked about divorce, haven't you? Yes. But with a divorce, you could get half. If he should go to prison, you basically could spend it all. Objection. Is that what this is? You turn on your husband and stop. Objection. This is cross-examination. I'll allow it. My no, colleague, Eleanor Frutt, talked to need, you many times. Uh, we're going to need a new flashback. Uh, uh, and this flashback takes place in, in my memory. And my memory is, uh, actually, he is married to Rocky. And uh, Rocky's discovering that he showered before he came home from work. He's married to Rocky? Yes. So, so th this is Rocky discovering that uh, this guy had showered before he came home from work, and it's suspicious. Hey, yo, Adrian guy, husband, you usually don't, you usually stink when you come home from work. You smell like roses. Hey, well, let me give it a sniff. Hey, yo, you take a shower? You take a shower? Did you take a shower? Get to the chopper. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Somewhere between Rocky and the Fonz. <laughs> hey. Ever mentioned that your husband seemed agitated that night? Because you hadn't I thought of it yet. Objection. Where were you that night? Here we go. Sorry, Airplane but when we interviewed you, you told us you had no information, and here you sit today with information. I guess that can happen when a conviction can give you access to over two million dollars. Objection. Withdrawn. Nothing further. I love me some Eugene. I'm afraid I'm a little confused, Jamie. Well, I just think since you were the judge on my case, and I did begin the case with some serious flirting, to avoid even the appearance of impropriety, we probably shouldn't be seen having a drink together. Are you saying you'd rather get it privately? No, 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 no. Jeez. I'm saying we probably shouldn't get it at all. We shouldn't be social. Were you flirting with me because you were interested or you're simply trying to influence my decision? Well... Because it was the latter. Even though you didn't influence me, I should nevertheless probably vacate my decision and remand the matter to another judge to, like you say, avoid even the appearance of impropriety. Should I do that? Now it feels like you're threatening me to undo your ruling, in which case my client... I'm merely following up on your implied allegation. If you think there's any impropriety, it would be my duty to vacate and hand the matter to another judge. Yikes. I don't feel there's any impropriety. You sure? Yes. I'm very sure. Because if a lawyer before me... Uh, even questions whether I've stepped over the line. I'm not questioning. Okay. Then I can't see any problem with us having a drink together. Wow. Ooh. I would tell you if I thought so. 
glad we solved this. This doesn't happen anymore. This is actually pretty. Yeah. What happened? Just freaked out, but we call a paramedic. Lindsay! 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 Stay. I'm right here. I'm right here. I want to plead. I can't take the chance. I want to plead. Stanley, you need to calm down. I want to plead. If they let go of you, can you stay calm? Yes. Go ahead. Cops just listen. You okay? Just, I need to talk to you alone. Apparently. Handcuff him and cuff his leg to the table. No. Then I don't stay in this room alone with you. Simple as that. Yeah, girl. Okay. Stand up. Also, even if she decided to take this guy on out of like the goodness of her heart, maybe a co-counsel? That's it. It is a murder yeah. trial. We'll watch through the glass. Like maybe oh, Rebecca? She busy, Keith. She busy. The reason that I was so desperate to have you as my attorney, you're in a unique position to bargain for me. Why? Your old firm. It's on another case that... I can help the police with. The police solved that one, Stanley. I don't... No, they didn't. Oh shit! I Is it that killed girl? that woman. Uh, oh! I beg your pardon, Kathy Vance. Oh! I stabbed her, threw her in the woods. I am willing to confess to that crime and this one here if they agree to put me in a hospital instead of prison. It will be you killing when I have the soundboard up and it starts playing stuff right yes. in And that's why you wanted me? Because of my old firm? And I know you're friends with the DA, Helen Gamble. You can make it happen. Wow, he played her. The judge is back. That's not crazy. Oh my God. Look, what you have to give them, you'll still have it after this ruling. You might as well take your chances with Hiller. The search was bad. Yeah, but then Lindsay's gonna know that she's got exculpatory Let's evidence. just see what she says. She's gonna have to sit on it. Be seated. Right, gets her to quite the ethical quandary there. A quagmire even. I have spent the past three hours trying to conceive of a way that I can uphold the search of the defendant's trunk and the ensuing confession. I failed. This wasn't made incident to an arrest. It had nothing to do with trying to stop the suspect from obtaining a weapon. We've got nothing plain sight. This was warrantless and simply put unconstitutional. It sickens me to squash it because the result This officer needs to be sent immediately back to the academy. The search and confession are hereby suppressed, the charges are dismissed, and the defendant, I'm horrified to say, is free to go. So her and Bobby have, uh... We are adjourned. They're just like, it's a revolving door, baby. 
Yeah. Well, apparently the Boston PD sucks. What happened? You're free. She threw out the search I think he wanted to go to a hospital. I can just walk out? Yes. But you still want to help the police on that other matter and get some help. There's no need to now, right? Oh, Jesus. I'm free. Right. Thank you, Lindsay. Oh, she got another stalker now. Thank you. She sort of walked into that one. He, that deja vu feeling. Could he, could he talk to me about it? <laughs> is that my booster? What do you mean or, you couldn't uh, get out of it? He kind yeah, of tricked yeah. me. Tricked you like how? Is he sort of implied that he would undo his ruling, though he was careful the way he said it. And... He basically had me insisting there was no impropriety. And look, the guy's a judge. He's smarter than me. Jamie. Don't worry. I know how to dump guys and flatter them at the same time. I'll have one drink and I'll wiggle out of the situation. This isn't a frat boy. He's a judge. I can handle him. I can. Is he threatening you in any way? Jamie no. isn't in a uke position. Jamie, position you're walking down a path here. This is your career. And it's you. I can handle it. He was the last person to see her alive. Her body was found behind oh, his office wait. building. wait. We already sort of heard it a little bit. It's closing time. Time to put your case to bed. It's closing time. Otherwise your client's dead. Closing time. With his semen inside of her. They were recently seen fighting. She had slapped him. The defendant's own wife knew something was wrong that night. He came home agitated. And then we learn he's a drug addict. Maybe Catherine Vance was going to expose him, ruin his marriage, ruin his career. We don't know. We can't. Catherine Vance is dead. We do know the defendant took the stand and lied. All the defense has offered is the defendant's word. And he takes the stand and lies. Dr. Barrett was afraid to admit his addiction because he knew it would hurt his career. I love when we get the full quote. But there's no evidence it yeah. caused him to kill Kathy Vance. There's no evidence she even made any threats to go public. My client did everything he could to help the police. He called them to say the victim was missing. He gave them permission to search everything. He even provided a blood sample. Someone else could have killed Kathy Vance. Someone outside who saw her leave. All their evidence. Her being there that night, the semen, it proves the affair. It doesn't prove murder. And as for the wife, suddenly coming forward saying things didn't seem right, she had a motive to lie. She had two million reasons. 
She never told the police or defense counsel that Dr. Barrett seemed agitated. She manufactured that later when she tumbled to the idea that she could profit by putting him in prison. She got even. For all we know, maybe she was hiding in the bushes that night, waiting for Catherine Vance to come out. We don't know. It's not often the winner comes in to complain. I'm not complaining. And this is about a completely unrelated matter. It's just, I respect you more than anyone on interpreting the law. And uh, I have a client who committed a crime somebody else stands to be convicted for. And? And do I have any recourse to cure the injustice? I'm sure the answer's no, but... Then why ask the question? Is the answer yes? In 49 other states, your hands are tied. In Massachusetts, there is a provision. In Rule 1.6, it allows an attorney to break the privilege to keep an innocent man from going to prison. Do you oh, have a case? No, because there aren't any. There's never been a decision because no attorneys ever invoked the provision. Why not? You know the answer to that. Privilege is the bedrock principle of criminal justice. There may be an exception on paper, but no defense attorney's ever been willing to use it. Rightfully so. But I can. I have the discretion. That's right. But Lindsay, you'd be signing your own career death warrant. You'll be news, a pariah with She's every other attorney, not just criminal. She's already a murderer. Who what defended type that of crime thing do you have knowledge week? of? She's it's also a murder. racist. Ah. As far Why as am I not concerned. surprised? That's true. The reason this provision has never been invoked, most lawyers, most judges, including me, think it's wrong. A client's trust is a client's trust. A lawyer doesn't break it. It isn't always that easy. You think it was easy for me to kick Stanley Deeks? You came to me for advice. Technically, you can reveal what you know. Ethically, I say you don't. Great questions. I love great questions. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty hungry. It's only five o'clock. Well, I know, where, but isn't this exactly let's where our boy got killed? Get a bite. It's not too far. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Best thing about being a judge is the ability to say, "Day's over, folks." Sometimes think about going back into private practice, and then I, I think I'd, I'd miss the control too much. Doors open. Of course, what I'd really like is to. Jamie sees herself in the mirror, and she's judging what kind of person, what kind of lawyer she wants to be. Captain of a boat. That's the control I'm looking for. Yeah, in the open sea, sail to Nantucket. What's wrong? Jamie? I can't get a drink with you. I'm sorry, but having appeared before you on a case, I think it's wrong. If you feel the need to vacate your decision, that's your call. My call? I'm not getting this drink. Good night, Your Honor. There we go. Okay. Yeah, I mean, good for her, but like, goddamn, she should not be in the position to have to do that. No, but, but she's that's, that's yeah, yeah that's, that's a role model, especially on TV, you know? 
Time for a verdict. What will Lindsay do? Here? Will a defendant please rise? Mr. Foreman, has the jury reached a unanimous verdict? We have, Your Honor. What say you? Commonwealth versus Stephen Barrett. On the charge of murder in the first degree, we find the defendant, Stephen Barrett, guilty. Of course. The defense moves to set aside the verdict. Denied. Security, take charge of the defendant. Members of yeah. the jury, you're dismissed with the thanks of this court. This matter is now adjourned. We're going to review the record and find grounds to appeal. Are you sure? Yeah, go ahead. Lindsay. Hey, I came to bring you luck. Sorry. Yeah. Excuse me, Miss Fred. Uh, Eugene Young Sucked will be fielding up. all your questions. I've got no comment. I'm sorry. It's not like I thought we would win. But. But what? I don't know. Something just tells me this one was innocent. Any grounds for appeal? I don't never know. think so. <laughs> Remember her in the car? It's over. It's over. But see, Ooh. now this is a better poker face from yeah. Lindsay, where we but see we can, that she's, she's feeling all of it. And yeah, she's hiding it better. Oh, they left us in suspension, Keith. They didn't play us the sad piano riff. No, they did not play the sad piano. Folks, you can hear that sad piano of my heart over back on the YouTubes. Uh, find a way to get there, and we will put our faces there. Uh, yeah. And we are b -b -b back, baby. B -b -b back. We have watched The Practice, Season 7, Episode 10, Silent Partners. We were not silent. And uh, here is proof of life for Mike and Daglio. He's not dead yet. Still going in fact i got it he's continuing uh he's gonna give us a little flashback in a segment we call mm, two three four mike has 30 seconds to remember what just happened on the show segment segment hey y'all uh lots of people about to be pissed because Lindsay takes on the case of a guy who clearly did it and he did a lot of other stuff too with a twisted twist he killed the person in the a case but Lindsay ultimately gets him uh, off because of the Fourth Amendment, but also back on the streets where he will murder again. Not only that, she can't save her pals with the exculpatory evidence because Linda Hunt said, don't do it. In the other case, uh, innocent man goes to prison, even though, judging by that picture, was he so innocent? Yes, indeed. Thank you so much for that. Now, can you do it just in fewer syllables? Oh! 
Murderer Day. Will the sick guy get away? Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Very Is good. Is it a groundhog? Is it a groundhog? It, uh, I'm not going to tell you to the reveal. Uh-huh. But I will I will tell you what I will tell you. It is time to for the uh, world's greatest fake award show about the practice that you and I do. That we're going to roll. There we go. <laughs> the Out of Practice Podcast. In unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie. The Oopsies. Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the Oopsies? Well, Jackie, you know what? I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to have Mike sing it for you. Yes, Guys, indeed. If we've learned nothing from these past seven seasons and the ups and downs and the emotional turmoil, it's that at the end of the day, Keith, for better or for most of the time worse, the defense attorney's first responsibility is to their client, is to provide them the best advice and defense possible. And in this case, despite having a very unruly client who wanted to basically offer himself up, she continued to advise him not to do that because she felt so strongly about the Fourth Amendment case. In doing that, she was making all kinds of ethical and probably emotional sacrifices because the the end result would be this man, uh, yet another, let's say, let's be polite and say uh, unwell person with a uh, debt of gratitude to pay Lindsay uh, out onto the street with a with a mm-hmm. clearly a habit of uh, making people murdered. Mm-hmm. So, and then she was given an opportunity, a loophole, if you will, to then put him back in prison perhaps or put him uh, under suspicion for another murder that would have also helped an innocent man go free, but she chose not to do that because, as Judge Hiller says, the the confidence that 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 privilege is the bedrock of her profession that she has spent so much time being a part of. So, with with a heavy heart, I think I I award Lindsay Dole with the most valuable lawyer. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's regardless of the outcome. She, you know, the first duty is to your client and she, she got that done and she argued it well. And, you know, it's really good lawyering when an outcome that everybody is unhappy about is forced because of just the sheer logic of it, because of this, it's a good argument. It's just the the sheer truth. And that's the way our system works sometimes. So, uh, congratulations, Lindsay. Though, the official serial killer get-offer of the practice. As much as I actually like the plot line and I like the way it all planned out, I like this episode, it is kind of interesting that we're going on how many episodes now where we're seeing reality portrayed as cops not doing the right thing and getting called on it, which we both know is <laughs> right. generally not the 
not the way it goes. So are you saying that we're veering into science fiction at this point? Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little propaganda, if you will. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Well, and we will, I certainly have some are thoughts Are we doing about- a new dance here? Yes, we are. Everybody, get ready to do the Durst. Already famous because you've been on TV. Getting a paycheck. First entry on your IMDb. Way to go. But you're the best guest actor. I murder her. Guest actor. I think I, I murdered her. Best guest actor on the episode. I, I murdered her. HBO. Wow, that's going to be really good in the recap. <laughs> uh, you know what sucks, Keith, aside from what we just did? Uh, getting accused of a murder that you didn't commit. Yeah. And then basically having your wife get up there and say, yeah, he took a shower and that ain't like him, so he probably killed that girl. Yeah. Uh, that sucks. And in the, in the Lindsay case, there was some, let's say, broad stroke acting. Um, and even in this case, there was some broad stroke acting by our, by counsel, but the whole time our, our, uh, defendant played it really straight and that can be, uh, overlooked in a, in an episode with some heightened reality, but I thought he was excellent. I thought he showed that struggle and that, uh, the pain of it knowing, and you could see as we went along that he kind of knew where shit was headed. And then yeah. he's running out of options, and that's uh, makes the ending quandary, as we mentioned, even more purposeful and powerful from a storytelling perspective. So I think that uh, can you help me with the gentleman's name? Robin Thomas is who you're. Yes, because you're so smooth, uh, Robin Thomas, my best guest actor. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think um, I think Robin did a really good job in in a uh, in a role that's sort of tough because you. You have to be sort of unlikable because we as an audience are <coughs> are supposed to believe that he did it. But at the same time, give us enough credibility so that when we find out that he didn't, we're like, oh, yeah, you know, it all tracks um, that he wouldn't do it. So he uh, he might have been a dirtbag, but he was a believable dirtbag. And uh, we saw some some good, like genuine emotion out of Robin Thomas, who I thought did an excellent job in his third Go round on the practice. So congratulations, Robin Thomas, on your third appearance and first best guest actor. Oopsie. Which means uh, it is time to fire away with the... You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show. So I don't know how many of you just listened to this or if you go and watch the episodes. I don't know how, it, to be honest, we, we should probably should have talked about the actual way people should, we would expect people to consume the content, Keith, but we never did. So regardless, whether you watch or not, I highly suggest you go watch this one. Uh, it's a good episode, but more importantly, Kelly Williams, this is like a master class, what she does. You know, think about where they had her a couple weeks ago, a few weeks, uh, and then they've had her on this roller coaster of, performances and i'm not judging any of them they've had her stakes all over the place they've had her emotional acuity and uh starting point at various points and here's an episode with so much subtext so much emotional weight that first and that to their credit they don't 
they they just put out there. They don't overdo it. They don't have yeah. her monologuing. They don't have any of those scenes that we've become uh, accustomed to, to like really point it out. And Kelly still tells that whole story. Crap, even listening to it, I'm sure you could pick up on a lot of it. And even that one Zoom where she's in the courtroom uh, just awaiting the, her fate, the fate, it's so powerful. It's so well done. Kelly Williams is friggin' astounding. That's all I have to say. Yeah, no, I mean, it's obviously Kelly and it's obviously her episode here. Um, you know, and it's it's an interesting thing that we're, we are mining material that has been strip mined. Then they dug down before they got to the magma. They kept digging. They kept mined all mind their way all the way to China and back. And she can find a way to still make it compelling because of her performance. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I have qualms about like again, but uh, not about seeing her perform that again. So uh, congratulations, Kelly Williams, with your best guest actor. Speaking of people I'm sick of watching repeat the same thing over and over again. The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. You know, that saying that we've talked about on the show before, you live long enough to become to, to become the villain or become the hero, right? And uh, Tom Brady has like come all the way around the block to be a good hero. guy again. Huh? What? No, he's not. Dude, all the press he's getting today is after that six on the throw is how he went up to that kid who had the sign that was like, Tom Brady saved me from, from brain cancer. And instead of like celebrating his six on the thing, he went up to the kid, he shook his hand, he gave him a hat. He like, Tom, I got to say, Keith, in some, he was a class act yesterday. And uh, well, I'm, I'm he's, well, he took back the ball from the fan, his six yeah, and then in his, in his post in his post game conference, he says that guy's going to get something nice. So I suspect. Not as nice as that ball. Is he going to pay for the ball? It's probably a quarter million dollar ball. Is he going to give him a quarter million dollars? Going to give him like a t-shirt. This week, the the there's a shark with Keith's face crying sharky tears as Tom Brady stands upon the Mount Everest of football. Okay. <laughs> a shark. Mm. Oh my god, all of them. <laughs> This pompous. Everything. He, talk about a blue screen of death. I'm so sorry, fam. Oh, you know what it is? Actually, the the soundboard got an upgrade, mm. and so now while the hotkeys are live, whether or not the, right, uh, the right, right. soundboard is up top. So now I'm just trying to make notes. You know, uh, I, I I do little notes for the oopsies this that the other thing as the show happens, and I can't do that anymore. So. Uh, I don't know. That'll be whatever that ends up being. Whatever I remember wins the Tom Brady for being a Tom Brady. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. Well, look at that. An episode oh. that was played it pretty straight, but also Ladies had like... Ladies and gentlemen, it. it is time to announce... That also <laughs> had a really well-earned twist i thought uh, it, maybe well earn it was it, i liked it the twist did not make me roll my eyes now i'm gonna let you enumerate the eye rolliness of the groundhog's day reliving the same shit over and over again which is what i assume the easter egg is we will little lit litigate that later uh because there was that especially with Lindsay, it's like the same thing and then to watch her 
anybody else than Kelly Williams probably couldn't couldn't have sold it. Like to watch her make the same exact mistake she made before, uh, and and though it was her job, uh, I get it. I get the question. But she like she's already let like serial killers out to kill her before, <laughs> and this guy that's like the balls to do that. Uh, I don't know if it's balls. I don't know if it's trauma. I don't know what it is, but like, like you know how Bobby got some time off? I feel like Lindsay should still be taking some time off. I know she's still got to be on vacay. They, in fact, her and Bobby should probably be off on an island together somewhere. Uh, and I think it's interesting, that question at the end. Um, I'm curious, I wish I had time to have Googled it, uh, whether that sort of loophole that that uh, Linda Hunt brought up, if that's if that's real or if that's sort of a fictionalized thing to like add that dramatic beat, I'm curious. Uh, it seems interesting that only one state would have that loophole, but weirder things have happened, I'm sure. I thought the performances were across the board were pretty good, except some weird directorial choices with with Discovery and with Eugene and Eleanor. Again, they're the two most well, two of the most competent lawyers on the show, and for them to like get with their pants caught down a couple times, be different if they were just taking it real real easy because they thought they had a slam dunk, but. No, I don't know. It just they feels ill prepared. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. They feel ill prepared, and that doesn't that doesn't ring true to me. The Jamie beat. Look, that shit happens, man. So I'm not even gonna to rail. I think that, judging from where we started with it to where it ends up, it's a little gross. It feels once again a little retrod, a familiar beat. But I think the way that they this one ended, uh, at least we were asking for a win, and this one feels a little bit like a moral win that we've been desperately needing a little bit. I'm sure there are some holes, to, but I, it, it, I don't call it satisfying, but thank God they, they didn't make her do this, the dumb thing. She did the dumb thing for a while, but that pressure is obvious and, and, and no stranger to the real world. So to have her have the, the nuts to kind of pony up and get out of the situation with the consequences on the table, I thought was a really cool beat. And I liked it overall. I really liked the episode. It's not, it, it's not, an all-timer, but I think it's pretty solid. I'm going to go 7.95. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, what do I feel about this episode? Um, the, uh, the Robin Thomas case was really just there as filler to set up the twist. Mm -hmm. There really wasn't anything, there really wasn't, wasn't much to it. Um, it was sort of, uh, which, giving it the amount of time and effort it did to have it really just be there in reference to something else felt a little weird. Um, but it was perfectly well executed um, as a as a case, as a sort of like their bread and butter. Um, uh, Jamie's case, I, oh, it wasn't a case. The, the thing that Jamie went through, I, I think that's a good, I'm, I'm glad, I, I mean, I'm, it's it's sort of uncomfortable and sad and frustrating to watch, um, but I think it's very common, and I'm glad that that story is being told. I don't know what the right thing to do in that situation is, other than uh, don't be a creeper. Uh, but you know what what it, what is Jamie to do in that situation? Jamie shouldn't be in that situation to begin with. Period. So uh, certainly, you hope there would be some something else she can do some button she can press other than having to solve it herself. But, but that's telling a true story that that is, you know, a, like in an ideal world, there would be something she could do, but that's the world. That's what she had to deal with. And so I thought that was actually handled pretty well. Um, now 
another serial killer that's fixated on Lindsay. I'm just leaving dead air there because I have I have nothing else to say on his motivations. Yet. His motivations are sound, I guess. I don't care about the character's motivation. The motivations I don't even know what the fuck the character's motivations are. But what is the show's motivation? What are you doing? I I, I have nothing else to say on yet another serial killer. Yet another serial killer putting Lindsay in uncomfortable situations. It, ma- it, it makes no sense that she would take this case. Never in a million years. The sort of like heartstrings, oh, I worked with you before, whatever. Fuck that. She right. spent a summer in prison away from her toddler. She murdered a man in her own home. She sprayed her husband with the blood of the last serial killer she dealt with. Fuck heartstrings. That makes no sense that she would go within a million miles of this. So, uh, yeah. So, I, I, I'm... Hashtag Keith is over it? I, I, well, I'm stunned by the, the temerity that the show has to continue to bring back another serial... Enough! Enough! You're so much better than this. The first one was so much fun. Hinks, amazing. Great. But that was that should have been it. That's it. We're done, you know, and because Hinks was already the second, mind you, because we had Vogelman first. Vogelman was ridiculous. <laughs> that was pretty bad. Hinks was great. We're done. We're done. If if oh, if you shit, become okay. Grey's Anatomy and you're like 22 seasons long, yeah, maybe you can have another one come back. But no, we're in season seven. No, no. Like the cat scratching the sofa. I'm going to spray you with water. No more serial killers, especially dealing with Lindsay. <sighs> Sorry, I had to get that off my chest. Well, you uh, better then you better award the proper tires. You better back up what you're saying. I am. Well, but here's the problem. Oh, interesting. You need a ladder to get down from that soapbox? Uh, no, no, please. The soapbox, I'm proud of my soapbox. The problem is, Similar to Lindsay doing her job, right? She gets the serial killer off on the Fourth Amendment. It's a travesty, but that's the rules of the game. That's how it's set up. And the rules of our game are that we judge the episode by itself. We do not judge an episode in conjunction with other episodes. It is a standalone thing. So as a standalone episode, if I turned on my television and I'd never seen the practice before, I'd be like, oh, that's kind of fun. What a cool twist. I like that. Mm-hmm. So if I'm judging the storylines, plural, like I'm, we're shedding tires right and left. Like we're, things are falling off. The car's on fire. But as a standalone episode, yeah, you know what? It was it was all right. So I'm gonna give it a uh, seven point four one. Okay, so well, there you go. That was a long way around the block to park in the same garage. Look, you know, 
we have rules here. We have integrity. We have nothing without our integrity, Mike. Oh, speaking right. of integrity, Keith, was I yes. right? Is this you are right? That of course is a groundhog, a murderous serial killer groundhog, because it's Groundhog Day forever on the practice. Fair, and they're all serial killers. All right, Mike. Uh, well, be, you know, before we finish this off, I would like to send a uh, an official send off and thank you to Linda Hunt. This is yes. her last episode. Oh, geez, sorry, Linda. So this is your last episode. Uh, it is also our last episode of the October Marathon. Woo-hoo! Oh my God, folks! Uh, you won't even notice that anything has changed because <laughs> we're going to be back next week, just like normal. But for Mike and I. We're getting uh what two three weeks off now? Yeah, it looks Holy like shit. two weeks. I'm, I don't even gonna remember what's gonna happen, but uh, mm-hmm. we will happily be back. Thank you again to CEO Jen for our well earned medal. I would say, if you would like to contact us, and hopefully we'll have a lot of talk about next episode because <laughs> we didn't do it all in one week. You can contact us at Out of Practice Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on the Facebook and on the Instagram at Out of Practice Podcast. While you're there, you're already on the internet. Leave us an obituary on the memorial jury by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. By all means, leave it in the format of an obituary. That would be fun. <laughs> we would like to thank our founding sponsors who are we? We are eternally grateful to Jorge Neboa, Cloud Lover 69, Leanne Wright, Jennifer Masanova, and Ari Coon. Did you know you can get your name on that list? Bam. And you got weeks to do it now. All you have to do is click one of the links in our show notes to leave us a one-time contribution to say thanks. Think of it as a tip jar at a cabaret or a sustaining monthly contribution like our founding sponsors who have a screw loose, probably. Also, we have another show. Check out the KME Entertainment channel. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Smash that notification button. And this week, folks, I do not want you to shoot off laser sounds. Oh, no. Our bumper will do that for us. I want you to go out and get vaccinated. And if you haven't, if you've already done that, find somebody who hasn't and make the appointment for them. And laser them.